Hello, my name is Kobe and you are listening to the Art of Courage Ukraine stories. Today we received an audio from Danilo, who is a medical student from Lviv. Danilo speaks about his volunteering work and the Ukrainian stance on what is needed for Russia to stop the violence. Hello, my name is Danilo. The enemy's losses as of December 15th are 95,000. I spent maybe 90% of this military time in Lviv, so I'll speak about that. For me, this full-scale war started unexpectedly. I was one of those who believed that despite the ideological or personal fanatics in the 21st century, all wars need to begin for some profit, some benefit, either geopolitically or financially, but for profit. Regarding this war, I could not find any such benefit because obviously Russia is the biggest country in the world. But Ukraine also isn't small. The hybrid war has been going on since 2014 and it was evident that Ukraine had an army. If it hadn't existed, we would have lost back in 2014. And since the initial invasion, this army was only getting stronger. But regardless... This war started suddenly, in the morning, with missiling and sirens throughout this country and with a wild stream of refugees. In Lviv, this was the first and most challenging thing we encountered. As a medical student in my third year, I was considered almost a nurse, so I went to volunteer in my area of expertise. In the distribution centre for refugees and at the central train station, You can imagine the situation in the Lviv train station, which became the critical hub for people to relocate to other countries. Under normal circumstances, it serves as a crossover to a few thousand people, up to 10,000. But during the first few weeks of the war, millions of people went through it, literally millions. In Lviv, I witnessed how ambitious people could hold the world how someone could sit for days helping, coordinating, distributing and so on, not for pay, but just because someone had to do it. I witnessed how someone could order pizza for tens of hungry kids who had just arrived from a heavily bombed area and how the pizza place would increase that number multiple times to also feed the adults. And that's how we're still standing today, on mutual aid, help and so on. Everyone understands that every contribution is important and the goal is for a better life. Better than it was before the war and much better than it is during. For everyone. Kherson, where many of my friends are from, was occupied quite quickly. I saw their faces when they understood that these freaks did what what the whole world knows about, who created Butcher and Irpin who committed unspeakable atrocities and murders, who walk on their streets. Thank God Kherson was recently liberated, and I'm sure this will be the case with the whole of Ukraine. I was never prone to any extremes or loud words, but in the current situation, the battle is unironically between good and evil, because Russians don't 
choose any methods. They just create atrocities. Break. Well, what talking can there even be about them breaking international law when you see their actions that happen a few hundred kilometers from yourself? And people who are the same as you are living through that right where it's taking place. The reason for this war are clear to probably every Ukrainian. You can open any page from the last 300 to 400 years and you'll see how Russian imperialism is trying to crush Ukrainian identity and Ukrainians in general. There are so many examples of brutality in the world's history, but even then, there aren't many examples of brutality to this extent. This brutality always was, is, and will continue to be if we don't stop it. And it probably won't surprise you, but we are talking about millions of violent murders in the past century, as well as this one. This is what they want. Why? That is an entirely different question. People that kneel to hate need to be stopped, and they need to be stopped as soon and as effectively as possible. I started with how we had already stopped 100,000 of them. We will probably need to stop even more. This war feels relatively calm in Lviv. How weird it wouldn't sound. There was always food, light and Wi-Fi. Soon enough, my volunteering turned from civil help to military help. I was teaching tactical first aid and medicine to soldiers. Some of this time I was preparing to participate in military action but my unit told me that they needed me to finish my studies so that the impact would be better for the country in the long run. So that's exactly what I did. Making music on the side I realized that absolutely every profession at this time, every person whether an artist or a shop assistant is currently trying to help. Everyone is donating, all of the concerts are non-for-profit and every manufacturer of clothes or something else is donating a portion of their income for military aid and humanitarian aid. <laughs> that is awesome. It morally connects the country and creates effective growth because we are developing resources and resources are always needed. From the beginning of the energy terror, which began more than a month or two ago, our life has changed regarding planning because you don't know what might happen in the next 20 minutes. I'm recording this right now and my light turned on only an hour and a half ago. In 20 minutes, it might go out again and might be off until tomorrow morning <laughs> or it might stay on. It's the same with business, shops and everything else because right now there's a clear targeted missiling of energy infrastructure that's why we need air defense. But even air defense isn't 100% effective and Russia has many missiles. At this point, only military victory can guarantee the return of our peace. There can be no talk of negotiation. I'm not sure how well Western population, including politicians, understand this. Russia will not perform its obligations until it doesn't have a choice. Russia won't tell the truth until they don't have a choice or a chance to hide things. Russia did not recognize Holodomor as a genocide for almost a hundred years, during which millions of Ukrainians were destroyed in the most horrific death by hunger. And 
they were given ample opportunity. Until there is no historical justice, Russia will continue with the atrocities. Maybe in the years 2010 or 2012, we could imagine this not happening again. Oh, it was in the last century. It's not true. But what was displayed during the events of 2014, and especially this year, explained that they won't stop before anything unless they're forced to do so. Overall, the mood is actually quite good. Kherson was liberated not too long ago, so I think our army's progress will get a little slower because there isn't enough armour, missile systems or artillery, but we're holding up. We're pushing them back. And they will all be where they belong. But how would you live during the war? Exactly as you would if there was no war. People get used to seeing death around them, especially if they're not seeing it directly. But yes, that's our reality, where you enter Instagram and see the deaths of people you know. At the front lines, from some accidental mine or rockets, from some completely random sniper that for some reason was targeting civilians. And this happens regularly. And you have a choice. If you choose, like me, to stay and be helpful here and not take arms in hands, then you need to hold your head high and do your thing. And that's the only way. To finish, this was a very difficult year. Very difficult. Probably the most difficult year in Ukraine in the last 50 years. But we are standing and we will continue to stand and we will win. Slava Ukraini.